everyone. It's April, and Tony and I are here again this week without fail to bring you some Veronica and also to give you a little update on our children, our pets. And I have to report that this week, I think I I think I have finally eradicated every single flea practically on the planet because I've been at this for a good month. Because we had so much rain here in California and we had that tropical storm that came in, it brought in mosquitoes and it brought in an abundant amount of fleas. So I just simply could not put up with it. I mean, it was just, it's never been this bad. I'll just put it that way. And Guinness, of course, he's in the new body that he's in. He's a purebred. And he is so sensitive. You look at him cross-eyed, something happens. And he was getting bit unmercifully. I was having to bathe him every other day in this, uh, stuff called No Bite Me. It's a soap that you can use that's, you know, full of essential oils and stuff, but it has no chemicals in it. Because I, I told you all before, when I first got him and there was a little flea attack, I said, ah, I'll put some of the advantage on him because my other two dogs could take it. He couldn't take it. He had big burns on his neck where I put it, and I felt like such a bad mom. But live and learn. And so I've decided to take everybody off of anything chemical with flea eradication, which meant it was going to take a little longer and a little bit more perseverance to get it done. But it did. And I can really heartily recommend this No Bite Me. I think you can get it on Amazon. Yeah, I think so. And it comes with a cream, and it comes with the, a little bar of soap that you like. You know, slather it up in your hands and you wash your dog with it, especially if they're, like, really, really sensitive like Guinness is. You can't give them the regular stuff. You don't want to do that. And I also have a friend named Tanya who's, I call her my little mad scientist. I think she has a degree in chemistry, and she likes to make concoctions of stuff. And she has a million animals like I do. We're like kindred sisters, right? And she made this cream, essential oils, and I have the list of ingredients. And I said, well, I'll give it a try. Because Guinness was just beside himself. He was practically crying because he was scratching so much. I put this on him. I rubbed it into my hands, and I went down his whole body and kind of put him on a little thick. He hasn't itched since. So my little friend, who's a mad scientist, put together this essential oil, all kinds of stuff in it, basil, rosemary, all kinds of herbs. And I'm understanding that sage is a good herb to use when you're trying to eradicate bugs on your dog. And, guys, it worked. And this is after, like, at least three weeks of failure, failure, failure. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, am I going to get through flea season without losing my mind? Well, I have this stuff, and it stops everybody. I put it on on my other two dogs. I even tried to put it on a cat on his tail where he was scratching his tail. Now, he didn't have fleas, but he had a scratchy, rough spot on his tail. It fixed that. So I am thrilled, actually, that it's going to be colder weather because I'm kind of sick of the hot summer weather with all the fleas and bugs because I live in the woods, you guys, and every bug and no natural moment is here. And it comes up, when, especially when there's a lot of moisture and it's humid. And we usually don't have that kind of weather here, but this year we did. Because they had that tropical storm that came up. I'm sure you guys all remember that. It came up some kind of hurricane moment. Never. 22, I've been here for 30-some years. Never has there been a storm like that in 
California to my recollection. I've been here since 1979, so I've been here quite a while. And that changed the ecosystem a little bit, especially in the woods where I live. Much more bugs, much more irritants, and very humid, which isn't likely. Um, here. Usually, Southern California is fairly dry, like an Arizona kind of moment. So anyway, Tony, I've accomplished yeah. a few things over here. How is, how is Alex? We're concerned about his paws and his back and his spine. And well, he doing okay? You know, he's been on his gabapentin medication um, three times a day and a muscle relaxant. And he's acting normal. I mean, he's acting out. You know, there's a little wiggle in the legs, but I think he had that before. Uh, we have a doctor's appointment next Tuesday, so I'm going to find out more then. You know, I, she says, well, you don't need to come and see me. You know, if he's acting normal, you know, I would think he's good. I said, no, I have to come see you. So we're going to go in. Well, you kind of want to do preventative now. You want to prevent any one of those episodes of happening again. So what are you going to do, sit around and wait for it to happen again? No. Yeah. No, I wanted to watch him walk and, and, you know, kind of feel him and that sort of thing. So we're going to go in, but I'm still sleeping downstairs. You know, I have my little sport now, you know. So at night when we watch our shows, all the animals get on the blow-up mattress, and it's like a little fort. Oh, how cute. Everybody... They probably are enjoying it immensely. <laughs> oh, they are. They are. They love it. Mommy's right there. Yeah. But I've yeah. been sleeping on that big human when. Guinness was losing his other body, and he was really sick. I ordered this human-style dog bed, huge thing, that I could sleep in. Because so, I wanted to be right next to Guinness when he was not feeling well, but I couldn't bring yeah. him up on a bed because if he woke up and jumped off, oh, that would not be good. So I ordered no. this thing, and the dogs, my dogs love it, even for themselves. It's like an arena where they can bounce around and not get hurt, and it's and sometimes I take wow. a nap with them, and sometimes I sleep all night there, and they love it. And when Guinness oh, was yes. suffering on his way out in his first, to know that I was right there next to him. He could touch me with his paws. And I didn't yeah. I could sleep because I didn't have to worry about him tumbling out of bed or falling off the couch. You know, exactly. and I didn't want to sleep on a regular dog bed because I would be inconvenienced. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, no. So I, I bought this thing. It was worth Every penny, I think it was like $200. But at the time, yeah. I was so focused on helping Guinness that I said, I don't care. I'm buying it. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. It's just wonderful because you can lay down there and you don't have to worry. And see, so you made a fort so that if somebody falls yeah. or moves funny, they lay on the pillows. Right. Exactly. So, I know, you know exactly where you're coming from on that. Because when your animal is sick, you want to be like heart to heart with them. At least I do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And if you I know, so when they wake up and they're not feeling good, and right now I've got yeah. little Nellie. Nellie's 14. Um, I've had her for about five years, and her little friend um, Biddy is three years younger than her, so she's like 11. 
And Biddy and, and Nellie is starting to lose her sight. She's developing cataracts like Guinness did. And the yeah. doc, she kept rubbing her eyes all the time. So I took her to the vet, and he said she's got a condition where she has severe dry eye. Her eyes dry oh. out. He says, and you have to give her these these uh, these drops I'm giving you twice a day for the rest of her life, 365 days a year. I said, okay, and it helps greatly. But she oh, wakes up in the middle of the night and can't see well because of the cataract thing she's got going on. And I'm, I'm not going to yeah. fix the cataract. I'm not going to put her through no. that kind of misery. I'm just going to be right there for her. And she'll wake up in the yeah. middle of the night and somehow she gets out from under the covers when she's rolling around and she'll wake, she'll tap me on the arm and go, I, I, I'm scared, I'm scared. I said, well, let's get back yeah. under the cover. That's why you're scared. And she goes, oh, okay, good. So it's good that I've been right there because she didn't oh, know what yeah. to do. She's 14. She's starting to get a little, you know, iffy. <laughs> yeah, they don't know. Well, yeah, and I was just so, I'm so thrilled with this bed. And I take, like, in the afternoon, if I want to take a little nap or something, I'll lay down. and like, come on, puppies, puppies and cats, everybody all over the top of me. It's wonderful. It's, it's like the best oh, elixir I can have. Absolutely. I so agree. what I'm going to do is I'm going to go see Veronica. I'm going to get her in here. And uh, yeah. you can say hi to everybody. I sure will. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. Uh, you know, as always, we have great questions. And, you know, I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And that's I-N-N-E-R, whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Joni. When I meditate, I sometimes see faces, usually men, that I do not know. Who are they? Hmm. You are gifted, Joni, a bit with the uh, clairvoyance. You can see things. Not always all the time. Like a regular walking around during your day. But if you meditate and you start to move into those higher realms, you are seeing guides and other energies that are in your energy field that want to help you. No, you don't know them. And they reveal themselves because you have the gift of sight. Um, you don't know them in this lifetime, but one of them is your one your spiritual guide. And several others of them are individuals who have known you in other lifetimes who have taken an interest in your development this time and come in to look at you or look after you. So that's who they are. Um, all of you have guides, and oftentimes you have, like, those who you've participated with that have moved on. They'll be in your energy field. Um, but also individuals that you didn't incarnate with this time that you've incarnated with a bunch of times before this. So lucky you getting to see their faces and maybe getting into, you know, knowing their energy a little bit to make the experience that much more powerful. So good for you, Tony. Okay, our next question is coming from Sharon. I have been reading a book about 1973 Triple Crown winner named uh, Secretariat. It tells of his birth and his incredible bond with his his groom named Shorty. 
when horses pass, do they get to reunite with people they love? Of course. Horses are very evolved. Now, in your culture, it is more, um, not acceptable, but easier to have a dog, cat, some small animal. And having a horse is a commitment, and it's expensive, and it's, they're big people. They're big in- energies. In this instance, Secretariat and Shorty have had many lives together. We think if you were around for all the minutiae of their meeting and parting to be together, we think it was instantaneous, like running into a soulmate that um, happened here. And Secretariat has come back many times to be with Shorty in different circumstances. So, yes, when horses pass, they do reunite with those that they have bonded with or connected with or loved. And it's just a bigger experience because the horse is not, you know, a little dog that's going to sit on your lap. You need a little bit more for it. But Secretariat loved being a horse, preferred that moment, and especially when he could reunite and interact with Shorty. It was a love affair. And will be again at some point in the timeline. All right, our next question is coming from Karen. Since we live all our lives at the same time, how could it be that we find ancient ruins? Well, if you look at it that way, and you're asking that question, you're looking at it through a linear lens. You have to remember that timelines are separate, and you can move from one to the other. And what happens in one timeline, let's say it's Babylonia, it happens in that one timeline where you're having an experience, but the ruins of that particular timeline are there. It all kind of interacts with each other like a parallel life. Very difficult to explain with words and very difficult for those who are very committed to their linear lens to understand. But we say if you get the opportunity to meditate and allow yourself to float out and not be so focused in your line of living, you may be able to understand this a little bit better. So if you're really interested and want to know for yourself how that works, do start doing some meditation and get out of the timeline a bit, and you'll start to see how it is possible. Okay. question is coming from Gary. Well, I really see my loved ones when I cross when well, I really see my loved ones when I cross over. Or is that just a myth? Yes, you will. There's no myth about it. It is an actuality, it is something that occurs constantly. So when you leave this lifetime, it's not gonna be just dark and lights out and that's it. You will move into a space where those who have gone ahead of you will be there to meet you. You will see them. Now, is it going to be a linear, physical, I touch you kind of thing? No. It's all, you're all energy at that point. But you will be able to identify the energy and commune with that energy, and you will see them as they were if you want to, but you can also just commune with the energy. No such thing as a myth in this particular moment. All those that have gone before you await your arrival with anticipation. 
because they want to see you and they want to touch you just like, you know, you want to touch them. But it will be an energetic touch, not necessarily a linear solid touch. Now, you can project in the eternal. So it may be that all of them will project themselves as how you knew them in this past life that you just came from to give you comfort. So when you get there, it will be you, and it will be them as they were in the life you just left. And then they may reveal themselves into all the other lives you just left them with. And whatever it turns out to be, it will be a wonderful reunion. There's no myth about it. It's real, and it will happen. And we don't predict. All of you know that who talk to us. We don't predict. But this is sort of a set-in-stone process that has happened since the beginning of time. So do not worry. It is not a myth. And when you're on your way, comforted that as soon as you step out of the solid that you're leaving, you'll be in the arms of those who love you. And that is truth, not a myth. Thank you, Veronica. That's our last question. And if you'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world, it would be wonderful. All right. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. And every week I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. You know, if you want more information on the questions we had today, please ask us and we'll try to get your question on the air as quickly as we can. So write in to innerwhispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Well, the world continues to sink into chaos. The world that you are residing in, shaky ground kind of thing. We know that all of you are a bit discombobulated by that. And we'd say that the more you reach out to the reality in hopes of manipulating it into a space that's more convenient for all of you, the worse it may get. So what you have to do here is observe everything that goes on around you, but know yourself internally. Get in touch with your soulful energy. Meditate. Go on a walk. Calm yourself down. Perhaps step back a bit from the constant barrage of information that comes at you because you really don't know what is fully true and what's been manipulated a bit. So you need to keep your own counsel. Develop your intuitive moments. Listen to them. Practice with them. And intuit it for yourself, the situations that are arising everywhere that appear very chaotic. Stay calm within yourself. Decide that you're going to focus only upon good things. And if there's all these bad things going on, observe it, know what's going on, but don't engage it. Back up from it and allow your soulful energy to soothe you, comfort you, and create an atmosphere of peace inside of you. If everyone created an atmosphere of peace inside of them, sooner or later it would move out and flow into the denseness of this reality. So we encourage all of you, find your inner peace and allow it to move out of you into the reality so that things can calm down. And we know a lot of you will say, ooh, well, that won't work. Well, we say, sure, if only one of you is doing it, no, it won't work. But if all of you did it, 
it would work. So think about that and encourage others to find their inner peace as well and to push that inner peace out into the reality. That is something that perhaps might work, so why not? So decide today that you're going to do that and encourage others to find their inner peace and make that their shield against all the chaos that's going on. That's wonderful, Veronica. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. And until then, have a nice weekend. Bye-bye.